Hey, it's Rob and welcome to Success Unlocked, the show for you to listen to, to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled, motivated, and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. Now this week, I'm really excited to be joined by Fernando Flores, an attorney and investigator who actually conducts impartial investigations of employee complaints like allegations of harassment and discrimination and bullying and all of that other stuff, which unfortunately does still happen in the workplace. On top of that, he also once ran a full 5K wearing a Santa suit over the Christmas period. Now, today we're not talking about Santa. We're talking about occupational burnout. When stress takes over your work as a direct result of your work and everything that goes along with it, as well as how you can avoid it to create like a happier work-life arrangement so that you're as happy as it's possible to be while you are at work. This is such an important thing, and I know that you are going to get so much from this. So without further ado, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself, with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Yes, I am here every single week sharing tips, advice, ideas, and inspiration to help regular people just like me and you to create a truly extraordinary life. Now, before we get into the main episode, I'd love to give you something really special and totally for free. See, I really believe that the stories we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we hold about what we are and aren't good at or what we can and can't do or what we should or shouldn't try are a really big key to either propelling our lives forward or holding us back. And all too often, they're negative stories, they're negative beliefs that hold us back from getting what we really want. Now, these limiting beliefs literally stand in our way of achieving any of the big or powerful goals that we have. So it's important that we do our very best to actually get rid of them. That's why I've put together a worksheet to help you do exactly that, specifically that. And I'd love to give it to you completely for free. All you've got to do is head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources to grab that as well as some other cool stuff from my free toolbox of personal development resources. You can get started with it in the next few minutes. Just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources. And for now, let's get started. Fernando, welcome to Success Unlocked. How's it going? Good, Rob. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to, to be here and to just share some, some tips and you know some of my experience. Awesome, man. We'll really appreciate you being here and sharing this with myself and the audience as well. Now, before we get in, I'm always inter- interested to know, if you had to kind of summarize your definition of success in your life, how would you, how would you do that? I think over the years, my definition of success has changed and adapted and evolved based on, you know, what particular phase I'm in my life, the phase that I'm in right now, and that I've been in actually for a good number of years now, uh, you know, ever since I started really putting my own health and wellness as the, at the forefront of what I led with, right, it has been to fully and unconditionally accept myself. That's my definition of success. I to love fully and unconditionally show myself love. And so being successful, um, as much as many things that I've been able to accomplish and achieve, the things that I'm right now most proud of and that where I really pay attention to how successful I am is to the depth and level to which I'm able to accept and show myself self-love. 
I love that. And you know what? It's such a hard thing to do. It's a really easy thing to say, and it's a really hard thing to truly do. Now, obviously, you've had a, a vast, expansive experience working in the workplace, well, working with people, with employees, and helping them to, to get like, a, a workplace that makes them feel happy and fulfilled. Let's talk a little bit about this, this idea of occupational burnout, because I think a lot of people just accept that you know, go, getting up, going to work every day is going to come with its, its fair share of downside. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mean doing other things for other people to fill their pockets and maybe not, you know, not get the best results for themselves. So let's talk a bit, a bit first of all, about what occupational burnout actually is. That's a great question, Rob. And, you know, it, it, you're right. You know, in doing high-performance coaching here in the Northern California area, that's where I'm based, uh, you know, near San Francisco, um, I work with a lot of professionals who are under very fast-paced, high, high, you know, high stress. Just, you know, the work is nonstop. It's always flowing. It's always going. And to understand occupational burnout, before we get there, you really do have to understand a little bit about stress and lack of management of stress, right? And so just on a very general level, Rob, I know that, you know, uh, you, you've, you've, uh, you have an awareness that stress, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical and also mental response or reaction, right, to a perceived challenge or threat. A lot of times we hear of that fight or flight, right? But there's also that freeze reaction that people have when they're under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, when things are getting overwhelming, we freeze too. So there's really three responses to stress, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. Now, in the short term, stress, when it comes to the workplace environment specifically, it can help us accomplish the task, right? Um, you know, when, when athletes play at very high levels, right? Um, they feel stress, right? But it's motivating them. It's pushing them so that they can accomplish a particular goal. But then you wind down. When we don't wind down and that stress is unmanaged and it's continuous, that's long-term chronic stress. And unmanaged long-term chronic workplace stress is ultimately what leads to occupational burnout. And so there's three very specific dimensions. And I don't know if you knew this, but um, the, it's called the International Classification of Diseases, the ICD. Back in May of 2019, right? So under two years ago, right? There was a whole like, you know, revamping of the definition of occupational burnout, just like last, you know, last year, right? Even though people were feeling, uh, you know, those symptoms of occupational burnout, well before. And so those three dimensions that they said were, okay, in order, in order for you to be able to determine what occupation, if, you're, if you have occupational burnout, right, is it's characterized by energy depletion by, you know, or exhaustion. It's also characterized by, are you distanced mentally from your job, right? Uh, and then also maybe you have, uh, uh, you know, these feelings of negativism or cynicism, um, and also there's reduced professional efficiency and efficacy. And it's this combination of things when they present themselves that ultimately lead to occupational burnout, right? And that's, that's over here, but it all starts with that unmanaged stress. Does that, does that uh, make sense, Rob? It does. Yeah. Really, it's really interesting, actually. I think it's evidence that a lot of people may think that they leave the office or leave the shop or leave wherever it is that they work. And then they go home and they leave their job at home because lots of people don't. Lots of people have to take work home with them. But lots of people think they leave their job at home. But it sounds like there's actually 
uh, an underlying thread where people are actually having to take their job home with them, even if it's on a sort of unconscious stress related level, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And um, we, we, you know, depending on where things are at right now, right. In light of the pandemic, whether you're going into work or you're, you're or you're still working from home because a lot of people had to adjust to working from home and that caused its own stressors. A lot of people weren't set up to have a whole, you know, workplace, uh, office space at home, right? And then also to add on any additional burdens or any additional demands um, that you might have as a parent, right? Or, or you know, taking care of family members uh, who, who maybe you didn't have the same types of concerns that you have now, right? There were these added pressures to you being able to do your work, right? And so that... Um, whether it's we're doing our work at home and then we step out of our, our office area, we can still carry the work, you know, when we go to our living room or when we go rest to, to our bedroom, we can still have those thoughts. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about, you know, is the limiting beliefs, right? And so one of the questions that for me, I really try to, uh, I really became passionate about learning about occupational burnout, but that's the, the problem. What about a solution? I also became very passionate about paying attention to a solution, which was emotional intelligence. And so, you know, those limiting beliefs are one, but there's also limiting emotions, right? Our thoughts end up creating this undercurrent of emotions within us that can really, really create uh, an inability an to move forward, right? Uh, and the stress in and of itself, it's a type of emotion. And so, um, yeah, I can talk a little bit more about that, but I think that's, uh, that's a hundred percent right, Rob. You know, we, we don't always just step outside the workplace and leave it all there. You know, a lot of times we take it with us here in our mind and here in our heart. Totally. Would you say, obviously there's stress comes at us from all areas of life, from family, from relationships from finances, from everything else. And so do you think that people always know that, that, that their stre- a certain source of their stress is coming from work? Or do you think sometimes it just all gets washed up in, in amongst other things? And, and if maybe that's a bit cloudy for people, what are the symptoms they could be looking for to realize that actually, you know what, I'm getting burnt out at work and I'm not even aware of it. You know, that's a, that's a great question, Rob. And um, I'll frame it in the context of what I just mentioned, because it relates exactly to that, to emotional intelligence. Right. And so if folks have heard maybe, you know, like a little bit about like, Oh yeah, I've heard a little bit about, you know, like, you know, emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, but what is it really? All right. And emotional intelligence, at the end of the day, it's our own ability, Rob, to understand and to recognize our emotions, right? And when we're able to do that, we are then able to develop the ability to process and to manage them in a healthier manner. I'll give you an example. My first seven years of the legal profession, right, as, as an attorney, I was under a lot of stress. I didn't eat healthy. I didn't exercise very much. Um, I, I drank a lot. I didn't sleep well, and I didn't manage stress effectively. For me, one of the stress management tools was drinking a lot, right? And for a lot of folks in the profession, you know, that's that's what we do. Uh, um, here in, in the United States, uh, the legal profession has some of the highest rates of uh, alcohol use, drug abuse, stress, anxiety, depression, and suicide as well. And so um, it, it's one of the impetus for me to you know, have wanted to start a uh, health and wellness university 
to help others gain awareness, right? And so the question that you ask specifically is like, what are those symptoms, right? Well, emotional intelligence, part of that, and actually the very first step is gaining self-awareness. So it shows up in different ways for different people. The way you experience stress, Rob, is different from how I experience stress, right? I know that when I was under a lot of stress and I had a lot of trial work coming up and cases and showing up to court and all of that, sometimes, Rob, my eye would start twitching. And I, I would just have this eye twitch. And I was like, oh, you know, no big deal. And I wouldn't pay attention to those signs that would come up, right? But for different folks, it's maybe constant headaches. For other folks, is lower back pain. For other folks, is insomnia. For other folks, is you know the opposite, sleeping a lot. So, um, if you are in a space where you're having some form of pain, or maybe you're 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 responding in a different way than you usually do, right? Um, that's something to pay attention to. But a lot of times we disregard it, and I always like to say we cannot manage what we cannot see. Right. And so if you see something, if you feel something, the first step is to pay attention to it and be like, wait, why is this coming up? Why is this pain coming up? Why is this, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, flinching coming up, you know, and just really figuring out how it is that your body's responding to all the stressors that you are experiencing right now. So that's just some examples. But there's a whole slew of ways that it can that it can show up emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, right? And so and socially. But self-awareness is like that first step, Rob. Of course, that, that makes a lot of sense to sort of start to look out for changes in how you feel and how you think. That makes total sense. So let's dig into this idea of emotional intelligence a little bit more. That's not something we've talked about on the show before, but I think it's super interesting, both in this area and also in other areas of life as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about once we start to become more aware of how our emotions are changing and how that's having a physical effect on our body, what's the next step towards starting to diagnose that and then maybe do something about it? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think um, to give your listeners a really important tool, right? The way that I started when I was early on in my journey with respect, because for many years, for many of us, you know, we, we don't grow up being taught, right? How, how to be aware of our emotions. You know, that's not something that I was taught necessarily like, Hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, in school or by our parents, like, okay, now you're feeling anger. Look, that's okay. Uh, you know, this is how you process anger or now you're feeling sad. Okay, look, this is how you process sadness. Like, I don't, I don't remember having those types of discussions where we di- differentiated by emotions and then, you know, being taught how to process them in a healthy way, right? It wasn't until like my adulthood that I actually had to step really into that um, body of knowledge and then self-apply it. Right. And so one key question where I started was, um, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? Right. That's a powerful question. If you answer it truthfully and genuinely and honestly, why do I feel what I feel when I feel it? Because then what it does, it just helps you gain a lot of self-awareness. Okay. What is it that I'm feeling? What is the context under which that emotion is coming up? And then why is it that I'm feeling? And that the why is really like one of the important pieces, right? Okay. Uh, why am I really frustrated right now? You know, oh, I'm frustrated under the context of this situation because I didn't like the way that I was addressed by my boss. 
You know, why do I feel that? Well, I, I don't like to be disrespected in that way, especially in front of my colleagues. It's breaking a boundary, you know, of, especially of trust as well. Well, at this point, now that I have that self-awareness, do I want to react and send an angry email? Or do I want to breathe, manage my emotions, and then respond in a professional way and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I really didn't appreciate how you directed yourself at me, right? So it's, it's having that ability after you gain the self-awareness, right, to then be able to use that self-awareness for one, self-management, that's internal, and then also social awareness and uh, relationship management, that's external, interactions with others. And so that self-awareness piece ultimately helps you both, you know, to have a better relationship with yourself and then also to have a better relationship with those around you, whether, you know, we're talking about in the context of professional, uh, you know, in the professional context and workplace context, but this helps you on a, on a personal level too, right? Relationships with your loved ones um, and, and really being able to do that. So those are the, f- there's four components to the emotional uh, in, intelligence, uh, you know, field. That's self-awareness, one. Then there's social awareness, you know, interactions uh, that others are having, self-management, and then relationship management. So, um, but the very first step, if you want to start anywhere, it's that self-awareness, right? Because it's going to help you see things that maybe you didn't manage before and you were very reactionary about instead of responding. I love that. It, it really helps people to understand as well, as you said, how they can avoid themselves from flipping out and sending that angry email or storming into the boss's office and like screaming at somebody that's going to end up in a bit of a stickier situation than they're in right now. So just as we start to draw the episode to a close then, let's maybe talk about some of the really smart ways to start to actually address this. Because do you know what? I think there are people who are listening to this who will resonate with the message and they'll understand that, oh, that's me. I felt that way or, I, or I'm feeling that way or I remember feeling that way or I know I'm going to feel that way again but maybe think it's just me. I'm just weak. Maybe I just need to get stronger and put up with it. And actually that's just not the case. If you're feeling this way, it means there's something wrong and you need to do something about it. So maybe that's just sum up by talking about some of the things people can do in order to go back into the workplace, uh, whether that is physically or whether they're working from home, maybe they pick up the phone or jump on a Zoom call or something. How can we start to rectify some of the things that are wrong when it feels like everything is just broken in, in the workplace for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I will, I will caveat, right? I'm not, I'm not a doctor, right? I, 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 do, I do have uh, my, my law degree and my coaching certification, right? But, um, you know, I, I think it's important to, you know, for folks to understand that if you are, uh, it depends on the, on, the, on the spectrum of where you are, right? If you are experiencing, you know, maybe some, some frustrations or some somberness, and you become aware of that and you're able to work with that and through that, you know, then that's, that's good, right? Your self-awareness has helped you um, um, recognize that maybe stress uh, needs, needs to be managed in your life, right? But at the other spectrum, you know, if stress has become so overwhelming that maybe you are at the point of, you know, occupational burnout and you need professional help. I mean, really at that point, it's, it's important that you reach out, you know, try to get, uh, just professional medical support, whether it's therapy, whether, you know, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, who, who, however and whoever that, you know, support group is for you to reach out, 
right? And sometimes, you know, folks don't talk about, you know, mental health and going to therapy, but, you know, at some point, it's, it, if it's something that you need, it's okay. You know, there's no, there's no stigma about it. There shouldn't be any stigma about it. You know, how are we expected to traverse the challenges of life that we are, you know, facing all on our own? That's, you know, human nature goes against that. We're, we're social beings. As much as, you know, people say, oh, I'm a complete introvert, even introverts require some level of connection. And so um, it's okay right, to, to be in either one of those spaces. And it's okay to also ask for support and ask for help if you need it, right? And so um, I think it just depends on where the range is that you are, but I think it starts with self-awareness, understanding how stress is showing up for you, understanding that you need support. Uh, if you're able to work through it, great. But if not, asking for help, I think is also an important action step that a lot of us feel like might, we might be stigmatized if we ask for, for that help, when in reality, um, you know, we're worth it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a form of self-love asking for help. This is awesome, dude. And, and so, so going to be so beneficial for our listeners. Finally, then if people want to find out more about you and everything that you've got going on, tell us, where can we go and find you? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, the best uh, place to go to is health and wellness, universe, health and wellness dot university. Okay, so it's not it's not dot com or anything because a lot of people think it's health and wellness university dot com. No, 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 just health and wellness dot and then it's university. And uh, when folks go there, they'll see different resources. Um, you know, there's there's a, an event that I have two times a month. It's I mean two times a year, and it's a global health and wellness conference. In uh, and, and the health and wellness conference, uh, everyone's invited. You know, your listeners uh, are definitely invited to join us from anywhere in the world. Um, we have uh, speakers that are coming from uh, various different countries on January 30th of 2021. And it's a virtual conference. So uh, it's, it's available to, to anyone and everyone, my friend. So that's the best place to, to reach me. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. Thank you, Rob. We will put the link, of course, to Fernando's website in the show notes, which you'll find over at successunlock.com forward slash burnout. That's successunlock.com forward slash burnout. Wow, quite a deep episode, but something that is so, so important. And I think it touches the lives of more people than you would possibly imagine. And you know what? This is going to be useful information for you. If this is something that you are suffering from, have suffered from, could imagine yourself suffering from, but also from the people around you. This is a time where you can get to be really supportive of your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, mother, father, son, whatever, when they come home from work and you get the sense that they might be experiencing from this as well. This allows you to have the intel as well as the emotional intelligence to start to dig into that and start to try and help them to solve that for themselves as much as solving all of this stuff for yourself as well. This is such a great episode. Now, if you've enjoyed it and I know you have, then please do take a moment to leave us a quick review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast player is. Just give us five stars, a few nice words to say you've enjoyed the episode because it really helps us to spread the word and get more people listening to this really important content. That's it for this week here at Success Unlocked. So we'll see you same time, same place next week with another episode.